Hi, this is the Horror of Chris. I'm from Chicago, and I had a question for you three. First of all, I love the show. Keep up the great work. I look forward to it every single week. My question is, which movie, given the opportunity, would you like to see either rebooted or a sequel to or just remade? And what would you like to see done differently with that movie? Have a great day. Thanks, Chris. We're going to hand it off to Guess Who's Back. It's Xena. Me. So, Xena, what movie do you want to see rebooted or a sequel to? Night of the Demons. I feel like we could do, I would, I, I'm not picky. I would do a reboot. I would do a remake. Just we remake, reboot. That's the same thing. Sequel. Just give it to me. Would, would this be like a re-reboot? Are we pretending wanna... that 2010 one or 2000, whatever the last one doesn't no, exist? No, that one, that one does not exist at all. Okay. In my world, <laughs> okay, fair. But yeah, I, I have a lot on the list, but I'll just give you, can I give two more? Come on, I'm back. Go. Yeah, go okay. ahead. You're pent up. Go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so then also, since uh, another franchise, I really like the Wishmaster franchise, which I remember telling you guys. So I think that we can have like a, like a, um, not really a, re- a remake, but like, this would be like the fourth one, I think. Yeah, the, the fourth one. So yeah, can we have another one of those? There's, I don't know, I lose track. And then also another one that would yeah, be another Yeah, I'm not sure four. if there's four or three. Yeah, I don't know. I know, and it's on my list. Like, Throw more out I there. I was just it's excited. Fine. I was just excited. Keep then going. the next one, um, Warlock. And that one has three. Because I recently watched that one. And so just because that one's fun. And the last one we had, it was like back in like 1999. So it's been a good while. I, I don't really. We need to bring back Julian Sands for a cameo. I love him. Yeah. <laughs> the, the the Warlock movies are, are best when he's there. The, the mm-hmm. switch got weird. Like that third movie it is did. an odd choice. It did. So maybe they can redeem themselves. With there the you go. It was like having the third karate kid or the fourth karate kid with Hillary Swank. Like, oh, ah, that's number no. four? Yeah, yeah. number four. Maybe she'll. Yeah, there have been a lot of those. Yeah. Lots of karate kids. So many. How about you, Megan? <laughs> uh, I didn't really go with like reboot. I went with sequels. Why is there still no trick or treat too? I yeah. don't, I don't know why there's not. I that's don't. crazy. I mean, I think little Sam is is grown into an adult at this point, but there's there's lots of Halloween tales that are left to tell. Uh, Behind the Mask, I feel like sets up a huge uh. sequel that never happened, and it's a bummer. And that's not for lack of trying. And uh, another movie that did not do well at the box office, but could have easily spun out a sort of anthology-ish thing, uh, Grindhouse. Oh, yeah. There's, like, so much untapped potential there. Mm-hmm. Well, because they spun off both Machete mm-hmm. and Hobo with a Shotgun. Yeah, they did, but it's not in the same. Like, I saw Grand House in theaters, Me and too. it was the whole double feature with the trailers mm-hmm. in between that is never... You can't replicate that. That's never been oh. done at home. I don't even... I mean... They didn't release the trailers on any of the physical discs, did they? It's like I remember getting the DVD 
Yeah, you had to get the special edition one. I think I originally bought the DVDs and they didn't. Yeah. And I think I just went back and bought the Blu-rays and the Blu-rays do. They do? Maybe that's... I think so, but you have to make sure you like you check the special features. I think it's a, yeah. a certain edition of them. Yeah, I, I adore Planet Terror. That's one of mine that I tend to forget about as one of mm-hmm. my favorites. Like, that's just a comfort watch. Like, that is so... It's funny because I don't necessarily look at um, Death Proof as a grindhouse because it's too polished. Like they try to not oh. polish it, like that, you know. But but Robert Rodriguez did such a good job of like the quality, like the the video quality. All of a sudden, goes bad, and, like the yeah. missing frames and all the stuff like that. Like like they almost don't exist within the same universe because of it. Like, I love the performances in Death Proof. <laughs> but, like, as a movie, I will watch Planet Terror, like, ten times out of ten. I, I watch both. I adore both. But I also think that's part of the charm, is that they're two vastly different experiences and styles that could be double-featured. Just kind do of... that. I, I want that. Don't don't give me thematically similar or visually similar movies. Mm. Stick the put the grindhouse spirit in into whatever wilds double feature. I was just gonna say real quick, kind of similar to you, John, except it's kind of flipped. I find my I do forget about well, I find myself just more drawn to death uh death proof. Because mm. you know that I don't want to spoil I know it's an old movie, but you know the scene. Well, yes. there's two that stand yes. out. But... There's, there's a, yeah. yeah, there's a lot yeah. of good stuff. So, see, the whole thing is gold. We, we, mm-hmm. we could have had more of that. Not, nothing yeah. against like the spinoffs, but it's not mm-hmm. the same. No, I mean, really, the only thing that trips me up about Planet Terror is I really, I'm not a huge fan of Quentin Tarantino on, on screen, uh, especially just because I just, there's very few directors I like seeing on screen. Yeah. Like Benson and Moore had being like rare exceptions for me. Um, but yeah, uh, I was thinking, I was trying to think of this too. And for whatever reason, the first one that came to my head was um, Event Horizon. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I would like to see just because, you know, the, the, the effects don't really hold up. The CGI doesn't hold up great. Um, and I would really like to see at least uh, someone to be able to create a cut in which the director's cut can also exist. Like, so we could mm-hmm. see, like, how far can you push that imagery? Like, I want to see more Hellraiser-esque Hellraiser in space, really, which is pretty much what it's supposed to be. Um, I'd like to see a little bit more of that, personally. Just upgraded effects, push it a little bit further. Um same cast i'm fine with that (laughs) welcome to the bloody disgusting podcast everyone the podcast where we discuss all the disgusting things we love in the horror world and to discuss the disgusting you know her as lead movie critic for bloody disgusting horror movie fanatic and journalist megan navarro hey megan hello and you know her from her youtube channel and website real queen of horror and her infinite love for the genre zena dixon hey zena hello welcome back thank you hello it's me (laughs) the one and only and i'm john if you're listening to this on Wednesday when the episode drops, we hope your week's been filled with all the best kinds of horror. And if not, we're going to do our quick round the table for the movies, books, games, or anything else in horror that are making the three of us smile right now. Maybe there'll be things that'll make you smile too. So Zeno's been filling your heart this week. Oh, that was so fast. It was. <laughs> it was 
It's like one of those commercials. You've got to get the fine claws in before the time. Let, let's get to the point. Let's get back to Xena. <laughs> Enough of me. Okay. Okay. Well, um, thank you, John, for that wonderful introduction. Hi, guys. It's me. It's been a while. How are you? Hope you miss me. So, yeah, I watched a lot of trash reality TV for the last couple of weeks, and I'm not ashamed of it. I caught up on everything, and now I'm just like a fiend looking for more. But anyway, um, yeah, I had a chance to, you know, watch some stuff on my list. So the first thing I checked out, um, Superstition from 2017 on Amazon. It's a 12-episode series, and it follows, like, this uh, this family, the Hastings family. They're owners of this funeral home in this, like, mysterious town where, for some reason, evil is just attracted to it. I don't know. And um, also, like, the family, for many years, they're, like, the, the keepers of, like, the town's dark secrets and history. And they have, like, supernatural powers and someone's immortal. Like, it's crazy. So um, <laughs> I was hooked on the first episode. Someone actually recommended this to me on Twitter. And um, because I took a break from, you know, reality TV and I wanted to, like, you know, I want to watch a series. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I really, really enjoy this from the first episode. Again, I was hooked. There's like a powerful family dynamic. There's cults, there's charms, there's church snakes, snakes that are going into people's mouths and coming out of their ears and other places. It's insane. Yeah. Like I was just screaming literally because I could. <laughs> but no, I think it's really cool because again, with this family, they just look like a regular family. Um, they own this funeral home. And they own it for a reason because, again, like, this town is, like, the landing patch of, like, supernatural manifestation and stuff like that and ancient weird stuff going on. So um, they're able to – they own that funeral home because they want to keep an eye on what's going on because sometimes, or a lot of times, actually, people just die, you know, of mysterious – it's not really mysterious, but mysterious circumstances, and that's because it's like a demon or something. Or snakes, which was by some Satan man from with a cowboy hat. <laughs> ah, so. those Satan men. <laughs> but no, it's it's again, um, it, it's kind of like it, it kind of reminds me of Supernatural, but then it also has a hint of like Criminal Minds. And Mario Van uh, Peoples, he plays like the da- like the casting is pretty cool, but he, I'm really familiar with him. He plays the dad in this movie, and he also directed a couple of episodes. And honestly, because it came out back in like 2017, I want to say like the fall, I think. I'm really bummed that I did not. I I don't remember ever hearing about it. It came on like the sci-fi channel, but I don't Uh, have cable like that, you know. So sadly, but. I was sorry. I was going to ask, is it complete or did this get canceled? Sadly, it was canceled. And at first I didn't want to go in. Because I'm like, well, I because I hate watching shows that are canceled because what if I get hooked? And you know I did. Because Aww. now I'm just, yeah, I'm just wondering, like, well, why? Like, at least give us just one wrap-up, you know? Yeah. But it's it sucks. But just the only thing I'll say, because it is, you know, it, it's a TV series, like, on sci-fi and stuff like that. The CGI is not that great. But um, I feel like if this show had, like, another season, it just had so much potential. You know what I mean? And it's really unfortunate uh, because I had a good time with it. You know, if you like paranormal horror um, and also some criminal minds type of stuff, then you may enjoy this one. I did. So, and then uh, the next thing I watched, I watched The Dark Half from 1993. This one's on Amazon as well. A writer's fictional alter ego wants to take over his life at any price. So it's been a. <laughs> I, I was going to do I want Zena to be like the movie phone, like the movie phone voice guy. <laughs> Just do it. 
A writer's fiction alter ego wants to take over his life at any price. Press one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I want to watch this movie. I mean, at first I wanted to be dramatic like you, John, but it's just kind of like, I'm just so excited to <laughs> be here. Could you do his talk. low voice? He goes low. Oh, yeah. Let me see. <clears throat> okay. And I'm fighting a cold right now, too. A writer's fictional alter <laughs> No! I can't! Aim you quieter than I do. <laughs> I just can't. I want to yell. Okay, let me not yell in people's ears. But no, yeah, um, check this one out. It's been a long time since I watched it, so I barely even remembered it. I think I only watched it maybe like once before, and it was like when I was a kid. So Thad Beaumont, he's um he's been writing under the pseudonym of George Stark for years, uh, publishing like these insanely successful crime thrillers, um that allow him to live in comfort with his wife and kids. Like people don't know that it's him, you know. And then uh, but one day a fan puts you know he connects the dots and stuff and threatens to expose him. So he decides to kill off Stark in order to reboot his writing career. And yeah. You know, Stark, he's not ready to go bye-bye. Somehow he comes back to tell a life. I mean, he wasn't even alive, but he comes alive, okay? And he just goes on this insane killing spree, killing everybody. I won't this is what John Lithgow, right? No. No. Uh, what am I thinking? I, are I you thinking know. Raising Cain? Raising Cain, that's what I'm thinking. De Paul Mulligan. That is not, not the King. same movie. Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, how was that one? I like John Lithgow. It's it's okay. kind of, it's it's campy for sure. It's like over the yeah. top. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, this is like Timothy Hutton. From... Timothy mm-hmm. or Timothy Hutton. Oh, yeah. That's the one. He yeah. is freaking amazing. He plays uh, both the characters, uh, Thod and George Stark. And whoa, he just highlights the whole entire movie. And I feel like this movie is a little bit lengthy, so I'm not gonna lie. Like sometimes you you're like, oh, it's still going, but because of him and his <laughs> just his acting, he he does like a great job. And if you didn't know, um, George A. Romero he directed this, and I think it's just so cool that he. He has so many like little weird gems that he directed or that he was a part of, and I just I just think that's really cool. But again, obviously, this one is based off of uh, Steve King. Steve King. <laughs> Who is that? Stephen King book. <laughs> she's so like buddy buddy with Stephen King. He's she just a, calls him Steve. He's a verb at this. <laughs> yeah, point. like. <laughs> but point is, I really I really liked it. Um, just. Keep in mind, it is a little bit lengthy if you are thinking about watching it, but it is very much a Dr. Jekyll, you know, Mr. Hyde I, type of thing. I feel like Stephen King, like, the bulk of his adaptations are lengthy. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially in the 90s where most of them were miniseries made for yeah. TV, so they're four hours goes. long. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but, yeah, if you um, haven't seen this movie or if you haven't watched it in a while, I recommend just giving it a shot if you want i don't know live your life so that's what i watch <laughs> i am tired uh i uh, have been deep in sundance and i'm obviously not going to talk about everything i've seen because i have seen a lot and it's still going it's not done yet um but you can follow along with a lot of stuff that i liked and didn't like on bloody disgusting but i obviously i'm going to talk about what i did like um this one made me think of xena because i feel like uh this is up her alley it's a master this one did get a release date announcement after the premiere it's coming to prime video on march 18th it is a story that follows three black women they are all trying to find their place in ancaster college it's an elite university 
at in New New England. The school was built on the site of a Salem era Gallows Hill and ghostly legacies of Puritan era persecution <laughs> haunt the campus with increasingly supernatural fashion. So I love that all you had to say was Salem era Gallows <laughs> yeah, Hill. Yeah. And, you know, it is the uh debut of a uh, Mar- feature debut of Mariama Diallo. She um is known for her short that that made waves um hair wolf which i'm pretty sure i've oh, seen yeah. on hbo max that one's um, awesome yeah so it's it's very interesting this kind of blend of real horror meets supernatural horror because you know like one of the women that it's following is a freshman and she gets this um she gets assigned her dorm room the same place where a witch was hung who the curse legend that they tell the the newcomers is that you know the witch comes every year to select a freshman and claim them take them (laughs) um so she's kind of dealing with that but then there's all these microaggressions that all three women are dealing with so it's like there's kind of a dual curse happening there's like supernatural stuff that's really eerie but there's also very like prevalent white racism and microaggressions that's also happening then the way that she kind of blurs that together is really fascinating um so yeah, I had some good scares. Uh, really love the the cast. It has Regina Hall, um, which yeah. I know Zena will know her from Scary Movie, or which most people will probably know from the Scary Movie franchise. Um, and I will say that the the third act gets a little weird for me. Like it, it almost feels rushed because it's juggling so much at once. But overall, it's like. It's a really well done uh, debut, and I would love to see what she does next. And then I also, uh, I think my favorite frontrunner thus far is Watcher, which does not have a release date yet. I think that's still looking to uh, get acquired. But that one is, uh, it's about a young woman uh, played by Maka Monroe. She moves to Bucharest with her husband for his job, um, but she's isolated and he works long hours and she starts to suspect that she is getting stalked by an unseen watcher in the building across the street. And it just so happens that there is a serial killer on the loose in the town. (laughs) So it does that. um, This this is a debut feature by Chloe Acuno, who just did uh, VHS 94's Storm Drain segment. So this is her her debut, and it is it, it's very kind of giallo esque. It's not totally. I feel like it's if a giallo and something like a De Palma, Rose or Polanski's you know paranoid hysterical woman thriller like that had a baby. That would be this. Um, I really really liked it. It's very simple. Uh, so there's not really any kind of shocking twists to it. It's, it's just something that's really simple, executed really, really stylishly and atmospherically. Um, yeah, I was hooked and you know, it's always great to see Maka Monroe in more horror. So true. So, yeah. Awesome. I had to go ahead and just tear the bandaid and watch archive 81 on Netflix. An archivist hired to restore a collection of tapes finds himself reconstructing the work of a filmmaker and her investigation into a dangerous cult. So tear the band-aid because Archive 81 and my original 
uh, audio drama podcast, Small Town Horror, came out at like the exact same time, and now theirs is adapted, and I've largely forgot that I ever did Small Town Horror in the first place. But hey, if anyone wants to buy it, Blumhouse. <clears throat> um, so Megan talked about this last week. I think we talked about it, or two weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, having watched it, and I totally hear what you're saying, how like the last two episodes kind of pulled you out of it yeah however like the first six oh yeah make it totally worth it it's such <laughs> a like yeah it's really good at pulling you in i just don't want my cosmic horror to to be so tidy yeah yeah i think it unraveled a little bit for me what's the lead's name who plays dan Mamadou it's um Ati? yeah Ati. yeah Ati? uh he's fantastic yeah he he's also in another uh, audio drama podcast that people haven't heard. It's called The Oyster, and he's outstanding in that too. Um, but he's he's got such great just presence and delivery, and because it's like he's got a great voice for it anyway. But there's just something about the way he plays the character that like it wasn't what I was expecting, and I was like, oh, I really like this. Like I want to keep watching him. <laughs> Plus the guy who plays the billionaire, I can't remember his last or his first name. It's something Donovan. Martin Donovan. Um, Martin Donovan. He was also in like Tenet. He's soup. I think the first time I remember seeing him anything was in Tenet, and I was like, I could just watch this guy just talk. Like he's just got this really, like this weird charm. Just relaxed. Like he's not. It's like I don't know what's going. Like there, it was a phenomenal cast. Yeah. Like the casting they got for this is out of this world. Um, yeah. Some of the other comments I heard was like the last two minutes. People were like, "What?" <laughs> it's like, yeah, I get that too. Yeah. Uh, did I hear that got renewed for a season two? I have not heard that. I can't remember. I might have been reading an article. Maybe I might be mixing it up with an article that said like what we want to see. In oh, yeah, I thought it was a limited series. Like yeah, I don't want yeah, there to be. be. I feel like yeah. no. It, it does. It, I don't think it exists. It doesn't necessarily exist in the same realm as like Watchmen for me, mm-hmm. where I actively will petition against the second season of Watchmen. Yeah, because of how happy I was with the ending. It doesn't end that well for me, but. And not that I don't want there to be success with this series, continuing adaptation, whatever. But I see what you're saying too, that if they just, if it was just this, that wouldn't be the worst way to end things. No, and like you run the risk worked. of over-explaining the 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 magic of a show like this is the cosmic unknown, you know. And the more you add to that, the more you're likely to over-explain and just undo all of the atmospheric like horror stuff that that you work so like that it works that like you said those first six episodes are phenomenal how are you gonna the more you explain the less effective that's gonna be i've talked about this before too like in terms of podcasting especially with audio drama the first season is so fun to like write Mm -hmm. because you really just get to keep creating questions like, you don't have to provide answers. You just create a series of cliffhangers and questions. The problem with that is, is that by the time you get to a season two, people have created their answer. Mm. Like, they're like, like, ooh, what could it be? But you're telling yourself what it's going to be. Like, oh, I'll bet it's going to be this. And it's almost impossible for a creator to live up to the expectation of the people. 
that no matter what answer you give, someone's going to be like, what? That's dumb. Why yeah. would it be that? Why wasn't it this? Oh, why'd you tell us that? Like, you just, like you'll never, a second season will very rarely answer questions when you've established so many cliffhangers and unanswered questions in the first place. So I see what you're saying, how if this only existed as one season or a limited series or however you want to call it, yeah. Oh, I'm kind of torn in that. Channel zero it. This this seems like oh. a good answer to channel zero. You can totally continue just archive 8105 it or something, you know, do do a or different. Just like keep adapting podcasts. Different and yeah. just first tape something. Yeah. Yeah. I, it was, I enjoyed it. I did have to um, mute this on social media because I started it. I'm only on mm. episode like three and oh my gosh, like people in their theories, like oh. it was just getting a little bit out of control between that and with obviously with Scream, you know. Oh well, yeah. Yeah. I'm really yeah. grateful to not be on Twitter because I still haven't seen Scream yet. Don't go on And yet. I don't know. <laughs> When's it going to be streaming? Uh, they I haven't like. announced it yet. I'm sure mm. it's like, I mean, the the general window is 45 days. I was going to say. So mm-hmm. I'm sure it's only a matter of time before there's mm. some kind of announcement. Yeah. I've been good avoiding spoilers, but yeah, I can only imagine with something like a limited uh, series or a season like yeah. Archive 81, the number of stuff that gets thrown out there when people are live tweeting and yeah. binging it and stuff. And I don't think that they mean it with this one, but like it was just towards like the end. You know, sure. there is something that I know about because I oh. saw it and it's just like, mm. come on. So I just yeah. like, let me just mute it now. Yeah. I know. People just can't resist. Nope. And then I was correct when I announced the release date of this of the phone footage movie on Tubi last radio call. Zena, I took a tiny little sliver of your job and announced a release date. And it turned out to be the right release date. Wow. <laughs> Good job. So 2021's last radio call on Tubi. On June 30th, 2018, Officer David Serling went missing inside an undisclosed abandoned hospital. Using his recovered body cam footage, his wife attempts to piece together what happened to him on that horrible night. So this was, and I'll probably tell Zena and I guess whoever hasn't heard that episode. The the funny thing about this was that this was accidentally released too early on Tubi. Mm. And I think they released it like two weeks too early. And, but they, they caught it when it got released so there were people in the middle of it all of a sudden Tubi just yanked it wow so people literally like all of a sudden the feed just dropped like nope 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 not yet not yet (laughs) uh I really like this one this one helped me I need to rewatch it because I was working at the same time so I was only kind of half paying attention there's at least one part where I was like I don't understand why that happened I don't think they explained that at all um but it might have been within the scene where (laughs) I had the answer and I just totally missed it I liked it because it was simple. It was straightforward. It was a woman looking for some answers. There was some more realistic reactions. Like when messed up stuff happened, they were like, all right, we're done with this. Hmm. Like when I, like this, this sucked. Like at one point, like the cameraman's like, you can stay. I'm leaving. Like here. (laughs) Like good. Yes. These are accurate responses. Uh, The ending was a little bit confusing too. I'm not quite sure where they were going with it. I have a theory. Um, I need to watch it again. I think the water, not a spoiler, but I think the water bottles at the end are a clue to what they're trying to say is going on. Huh. Yeah. 
So uh, I enjoyed it though. It was just a pretty straightforward, simple uh, found footage movie. The acting was kind of hit or miss. Um, they delve into some like Native American folklore, and I'm not sure if it's accurate folklore or not. But I'm also in the middle of watching Yellowstone right now, so I'm also inundated with how good's the representation in this right now. Interesting. Yeah, it's it was an interesting juxtaposition to jump between the two of those. <laughs> Uh, but last video, Colin Tubi, uh, found footage movie, uh, definitely worth a watch. I think it's under 90 minutes even. So. It looks cool from the pictures. Yeah, it's pretty simple. I like the concept of the, the original footage was found because it was a body cam. Mm -hmm. That's why I didn't drop it. That's why I didn't drop the, it's, it's on him. It's literally <laughs> stuck to his chest. Although there are a few angles where he's holding his gun out and I'm like, oh, he's holding his gun that way because there's a camera there. <laughs> Like, I don't think that's how someone actually holds a gun in that situation, but I'm not an expert. So anyway, before we move on, what do we watch and how do we watch it? I watch Superstition 2017 on Amazon and The Dark Half on Amazon. I watched uh, Sundance premieres of Watcher, which does not yet have a release date, and Master, which is coming to Prime Video on March 18th. And I watched Netflix's limited series? Archive 81 <laughs> and last last radio call on Tubi. All right, enough about what we've been watching this week. It's time for Megan to bring us up to speed on the news and trending topics in the world of horror. So what's going on, Megan? Big things. I I I realized that it's like giant monsters and budgets is is this week's uh theme. <laughs> So uh, Godzilla is going to return, this time in an upcoming Apple TV series from Legendary Television, a uh, small screen expansion of the MonsterVerse um, that has been going since, what, 2014? Uh, it's a live action series that's going to feature a lot of the titans that were introduced in, like, Kong Skull Island and Godzilla and Godzilla versus Kong, which, of course, is going to also include Godzilla. Uh, the synopsis for the series reads, Following the thunderous battle between Godzilla and the titans that leveled San Francisco and the shocking new reality that monsters are real, the untitled series explores one family's journey to uncover its buried secrets and a, le and a legacy linking them to the secret organization known as Monarch. Uh, the untitled small screen project is created by Chris Black and Matt Fraction with Black Show Running, and it's going to be produced by Legendary, obviously, and Toho Company Limited. And uh, this apparently, it's interesting because, you know, you think of Godzilla as this larger than life built for the big screen, and it's going to get a TV series. But it does mm -hmm. seem like the MonsterVerse universe that they've been working on uh, cinematically is going to continue. Um, last year right around the release of Godzilla vs. Kong, it was reported that Adam Wingard is in talks to helm another feature film in this monster universe. So, yeah, we're getting a whole bunch of Godzilla-y stuff soon, it sounds like. So is this, is the TV series set immediately after the Brian Cranston Godzilla then? Uh, it Well, I think that it's probably going to take, I mean, it doesn't say exactly when, but, I mean, that's what started it all. Uh, yeah. And every single one has had monarch stuff. So I think it's just yeah. like, it's definitely taking place in this particular uh, Godzilla universe because, you know, Godzilla has been around for a very long time. So, yeah, sure. the fact that they're talking about Titans and Monarch means I think they're looking at it. They're, they're going to take all of it um, into consideration. But maybe not Godzilla versus Kong. Maybe it's before that. We don't know. We don't know. 
All we know is San Francisco's decimated. Oh, I mean, that's a given. Yeah. San Francisco does not stand a chance. No, sorry. Uh, And then in more giant monster news, uh, Ben Wheatley's The Meg sequel is going, uh, it's going to be filming sometime as of this week. Uh, uh, Jason Statham will be back as Jonas Taylor in uh, Ben Wheatley's uh, upcoming sequel to the big budget shark attack horror movie. The Meg, uh, it's going to begin filming sometime this week at Warner Brothers Studios, Leavesden, the studio complex in Southeast England, notably used for all of the Harry Potter movies, uh, Tim Burton's Sleepy Hollow, Dark Knight, Inception, Last Night in Soho. I don't know if that's relevant, except it sounds big budget. Um, Shooting is expected to run until late May. Uh, Statham was bummed that the 2018 movie was ultimately rated PG, despite signing on for what he believed was going to be a much more violent project. He's said to be much more creatively involved in the sequel, which um, hopefully brings some more bloody carnage into the mix. Because the Meg, you know, for a giant shark movie, I think he was just eating goldfish. Um (laughs) It's all wishful thinking on my part because I I did want a bloodier. You got a megalodon that, and you know we went the PG thirteen route. G- give me some, give me some bloody shark snacks or something. So yeah, and uh, switching gears from big monsters to big budgets, uh, Netflix just paid a whopping sixty five million dollar plus for an exorcism movie. From Oscar-nominated director Lee Daniels, it was there was a massive bidding war for the star-studded exorcism movie package that will reunite Daniels with his Oscar-nominated uh, The United States versus Billie Holiday star Andra Day, who will also co-star with Octavia Spencer, Glenn Whoa. Close, Rob Morgan, Caleb McLaughlin, and uh, I cannot pronounce that name, Anjanu Ellis. Um, Day will play the mother of an Indiana family whose children purportedly became demonically possessed in a thriller inspired by an actual case. The site, uh, the breakdown of the true story that inspired this mega exorcism project in a case wildly covered, widely covered at the time, Latoya Ammons and her three children experienced strange incidents in their Gary, Indiana home that grew progressively worse with the children levitating, becoming violent with each other, and speaking in growls and deep voices with no recollection afterwards. Skeptics abounded, but the Gary Police Department, uh, Department of Child Services, and the local church and hospital all became involved, filing reports that took the supernatural occurrences seriously. Officers, doctors, and social workers said they witnessed many of the incidents, including one in which her nine-year-old son walked backwards up a wall. The Indianapolis police, uh, the Indianapolis Star covered it closely as the Department of Child Services investigated. Uh, Dave Cogshell wrote drafts, as did Elijah Bynum. Then Daniels rewrote it himself, and uh, that's the script that Byers read that erupted into a bidding war. It uses the case to frame fictional thriller, um, which is the same thing we've seen all along. Conjuring, Amityville Horror, Exorcist, all did that same thing. So, yeah, it's fast-tracked and begin production by the middle of this year. I cannot even imagine what they must have read to take. I mean, you do an exorcism. It sounds like a pretty standard exorcism story, especially when it's, Mm -hmm. like, based on a true story. What was in this script to be like, yeah, that is worth $65 million? And that's that's the script. Like, right. Wait, that's just what the script sold for? This is this is yeah, the project. Like it hasn't it hasn't shot at all yet. 
It's the, so that's not its budget? No, this is what they bought to acquire what? this project. Yeah, like it's fast tracked no. to begin production by the middle of this year. That's I don't insane. know what all that $65 million entails, but obviously that money's going to go up. Like, I don't, yeah, it hasn't shot yet. Holy crap. That's what I mean. Like, I big, massive. I want to know what they did. The fact that that's the the kind of change that they're throwing down for this. Uh, for an exorcism movie. Yeah. I mean, the cast and the director sound great. The story mm-hmm. sounds cool, but the story also sounds so far like something we've we've seen before. I don't know. I, so what is it about I mean, it that's $65 million worth like in a bidding war that multiple people wanted it? Is there enough buzz going on for the uh, the David Diggs Exorcist reboot that's coming forward that they think that it might just inherently be building an audience and they just were like, yes, this is what we want to capitalize with? No, that, not that I know of. I mean, I know that um, or David Gordon Green Diggs. has like a three trilogy plan for an Exorcist reboot. Yeah. So, but I mean... For like a hundred million dollars or something. I I don't I don't know, but I I can't. It's just it's crazy. I mean, it does kind of make me excited. Like, what the heck is in this this product or this production yeah. that that is like, yeah, we need this. Yeah. I thought it was because of the um the director, and who he's going to bring along. That's that's what I. I'm not that I'm putting down the script. I don't know, but it's just you know with the yeah. Fact if that, that sixty five million is retainer to get the director and that cast, then I kind of understand it. Possibly, like, but it's different from what Lee Daniels done in the past. So yeah. so it's he kind hasn't of done something like this. What did Lee Daniels do before? Uh, um. So. Oh, go for it. I was going to say he's done uh, The Butler as well as, hold on, I was just pulling it up, as well as, uh, I think he wrote Precious a couple of years oh. ago. He was Oscar. He's going from Oscar Oh, he, adap- he adapted mm-hmm. Precious? Mm-hmm. Whoa. And the paper Yeah, I, I would say that's a pretty big leap from those two. Yeah. yeah. So nothing that I know of that was like thriller-ish. Whoa. Horror. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I'm good for them. Super curious, yeah. And it's Netflix too, which is funny because mm-hmm. it's like, how do you recoup that? The world. I don't know, but Netflix has spent a lot of money on movies in the past. Between like Bright and oh, Power yeah. and stuff mm-hmm. like that, they throw some money. Down. And they yeah, seem they to do. have a thing for like exorcism stuff. Have you noticed that? Like, I don't what know. Else, what I else have. do they have? There's a lot of well, what I've noticed is a lot of foreign oh, exorcism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stuff. So this would kind of be like an American version with with an all star cast, and yeah. you know when since they do their own marketing and stuff, um, I don't know. That seems like they're going to make a lot of money. Hopefully, cause whoo, I wish I had that kind of chump change. Yeah. I, mean, I don't. I don't. I feel like I, I would <laughs> not know what to do. With I myself. would just. I would blow it. <laughs> I would. Gold toilet. As you should. Said. As you should. Yeah. I would be. I'd be one of those e true Hollywood stories of like <laughs> lottery winners who just blow all their money in like three years. We'll see John with like oxygen masks <laughs> sitting at a penny slot. I blew it all. Oh yeah, totally. Aww. Smoking with the oxygen mask around my neck. <laughs> no. How's about we we 
We wish for happier futures. Speaking of happier futures. Speaking of happier futures, uh, if you are a horror fan that's into tech and futuristic ways to experience uh, films, Cinedime announced that they are partnering with NREAL, an innovator in augmented reality technology, to bring uh, Cinedime's most popular channels to NREAL's newly introduced AR TV app. And that includes Bloody Disgusting TV that will allow viewers a way to enjoy immersive viewing, bringing them closer to your favorite content via virtual HD screen up to 220 inches provided by the critically acclaimed NREAL Light AR glasses. Uh, Nreal launched its Nreal Light model past this past December in the U.S. through partnership with Verizon. With the ability to tether to a user's Android-based smartphone, Nreal Light provides exceptional accessibility to immersive AR experience. Uh, yeah, all of that's a little bit Greek to me because I am not that tech savvy, but I do <laughs> like the idea of immersive horror. Uh, so you know, if you're tech savvy and know all, all of this appeals to you, guess what? It's coming. All right, listeners, your turn. Want bigger, badder, and more expensive? Love treating yourself to all mediums of bloody, disgusting TV. Let's hear about it. You can call or text us at 224-475-1040. The number is also in the show notes, or feel free to email us at bedisgustingpodcast at gmail.com. Finally, Xena is going to make all our lives easier in the sea of horror movie options and clue us in on what's appearing soon that we should be watching. So, Xena, what should we be watching? Bloody, disgusting TV. Screenbox. AR or no? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just making sure. Uh, So all the releases this week happen just so happens to be on Friday. So, yeah. All right. So the first one, Morbius, it'll be in theaters. Uh, There's been so... It it won't be. Okay. Oh, my God. You scared scared me. I didn't know what was happening. (laughs) I thought that was scary. No. No. Why is it happening? Morbius got moved to April 1st. Okay, well then, you know what, guys? It will come out on April 1st, so you better mark your calendars and forget (laughs) about what I said. The second one, The Requin. That one will be out on VOD. A couple on a romantic getaway finds themselves stranded at sea when a tropical storm sweeps away their villa. In order to survive, they are forced to fight the elements while sharks circle below. Doesn't that sound cool? Yeah, sharks! (laughs) Then the next one, we have the dark comedy thriller limited series, The Woman in the House Across the Street from the Girl in the Window. That is a mouthful. A mouthful. <laughs> it is. Doesn't it sound so much fun? Okay. Yes. That, uh, that basically sounds like, for people out there who are familiar with the No Sleep subreddit, it sounds like a No Sleep story. <laughs> Where it, they don't like short titles on No Sleep. Like, they don't get read. If it was something like, It Happened whatever something that would never get read but something like the woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window people be like what's this about longer title (laughs) gets the reads it's amazing i just feel so like i need to know so this will be coming out on netflix um for heartbroken anna every day is the same she sits with her wine staring out the window watching her life go by without her but when a handsome neighbor and his adorable daughter move in across the street anna starts to see a light at the end of the tunnel that is until she witnesses a gruesome murder. Or did she? There are eight episodes. So, yeah. Then dun, dun, finally, dun. <laughs> we have uh, Faria, The Darkest Light. This one will also be on Netflix as well. Two sisters must face a new reality and supernatural elements when it's revealed their parents participated in a cult ritual ending in death. And this one also has eight episodes. So there you go. Yeah. Welcome back. Welcome. 
I don't know what that was. That's the Bloody Disgusting Podcast for this week, everyone. If you'd like to read more from Megan, you can check out her reviews at bloodydisgusting.com or on Twitter <laughs> at HauntedMeg. Zena can be found losing it right now over our call, <laughs> which you can't see, or on her website, realqueenofhorror.com, and the YouTube channel in the same name, or at LovelyZena on Twitter. I can be found narrating my weekly horror fiction podcast, Creepy. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app and feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BDisgustingPod, Facebook at The Bloody Disgusting Podcast, or emails at BDisgustingPodcast at gmail.com. And for even more content and rewards, check us out on Patreon.com slash BDisgustingPod. So for this week, I'm John. I'm Megan. I'm Zena. Grab some popcorn, cozy up on the couch, and watch something you love. Just make sure it's something bloody. Bloody <laughs> Disgusting.